Welcome back. This is this is Jazz Today. My name is Nick Finzer, and I'm here with Alan Blanchard, and we are here to talk about September 2019's releases uh, in the uh, in the jazz scene that are available for streaming. So uh, we have created a new playlist that is up on uh, Spotify. It's a Spotify playlist. You can find it by searching "This Is Jazz Today," and it says in parentheses "curated by outside of music," so you can easily find it. So every month we update that with 10 new tracks from things that we are exploring kind of in, in the music, all different styles of subgenres, jazz, non-jazz, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, Alan, thanks for putting this together. Yeah. I mean, there, uh, this month was really deceiving at first. There was a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, or there wasn't a lot of stuff. And then I kind of went and delved a little deeper and it's a little harder to find people's singles when they put out for some reason they just well i mean they don't have as much press as full album releases but a lot of singles this time around okay that makes sense um yeah there's a little harder to find and for some reason it really is more challenging i think now than it used to be to find the new releases like spotify doesn't update the new releases in their new release jazz section very often and uh and I think it's harder to find them on Apple Music too. So I don't know. If you guys are listening, get your act together. We want to find these new <laughs> new albums, new singles. Uh, anyway, but that's a reason to follow the playlist because we're going to do the digging for you and uh, find find what's new. And if maybe you didn't know that there was something like a new John Coltrane track or something like that, you'll be excited to uh, check those things out. So we're going to go through our usual. Uh, not top 10, but 10, our usual 10 from the month. And uh, you can find uh, this, again, the stream of the these tracks on Spotify. And also it's available on our website, outsideofmusic.com. Go to the podcast section. Uh, maybe you're already listening to the podcast from there, but I'm imagining you're probably listening to it from your favorite podcast player. So head over to the website. You can find this Spotify playlist too. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Uh, we have to start with a trumpet track because Alan is curating the playlist and uh, a great trumpet player here, Marquise Hill. Yeah, um, so this is a new single from Marquise's Hill, uh, Hill's eighth album, which I didn't know he had done that many albums, um, which is nuts. And so this album um, coming up is going to be called Love Tape. Um, and it's really interesting because he actually wrote some about it and like he was going in with a... Um, with a theme in mind and he something that's repeated and often he finds is love. Um, and so what he, he actually did research on it. Like he assembled a collection of interviews that he did with women sharing their perspective on the subject. Um, oh. yeah. And so he came to this conclusion by studying like sim similarities between all of them, um, that before you can love someone else, you must first love yourself. And so he's gone through and made all these tracks. Um, this is a single off of the release upcoming. And uh, it, it's really interesting. It even has like moments of the interview um, into the end of the track, which is cool, uh, which makes it more like, um, like, like an art project, I guess you could say. Less of like something you might casually put on in the car, mm -hmm. uh, which, which I mean, you still could by all means, but it's it's certainly something that allows you to um think a little bit more too so that that's really cool i think it's going to be a great project um i mean it has marquise hill on flugelhorn 
Uh, Mike King is playing piano, keyboards, Rhodes, all that stuff. Junius Paul is on electric bass. Marcus Gilmore is playing drums. You know, he's all right. Uh, Christine Daniels on vocals and Josh Johnson on uh, alto sax. But really Uh-oh. pumped about it. It comes out in um, the full album actually comes out in nine days. So definitely nine something days. I'll be adding to my uh, list. October 11th, next Friday. I see. I see. The full album. Yeah, I didn't realize he had that many albums either, but I see them all here. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I mean, I, I'm not saying they're lying. I just didn't realize that he had put out that much music. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, he's a really um, interesting artist, you know? Yeah. Excellent. Oh, well, let's keep on moving here. Let's go that from number 10 to number nine on the list. Yeah, I mean, I don't have uh, much of a reason for this one besides it's good. Um, this is the uh, Stranahan. Is that how you say his last name? Yeah, Stranahan. Great. Zaleski, Stranahan, Rizzotto. yep. Rosado live at the Jazz Standard. Um, and for people that don't know them on a last name basis, that's Glenn Zaleski on piano, Colin Stranahan on drums, and Rick Rosado on bass. Um, it's it's just a really good record. It's It's Piano Trio. And to me, it kind of has a uh, a really Bill Evans esque vibe. If you made it modern, um, okay, they're, they're really, <laughs> you know, because like he he not to like not saying any of it's bad by any means, but like Bill Evans did his thing, and then you get like Keith Jarrett, which is like a really more modern, I think, and almost like goes maybe a little bit more extreme as far as how far away they might get from the original tune or how dissonant it might sound at some point from like the original standard they were actually doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a good way to describe this. They're just really like ebb and flow. Like they take it really cool places, um, which is kind of why I picked all the things you are, because I think anyone that is a jazz musician or listens to jazz um, at least has, can like relate to that. And um, has a good, a decent idea of like what that melody sounds like in their head, how that tune has been played before by people. Um, and then you can really appreciate where they take it throughout and like the interaction moments that they have in between rather than getting so caught up in like all the different things that they're doing that you lose sight of. Like originally it is still all the things you are, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. These guys have been playing together for a long time. And um, yeah, I, I was listening to it this morning and just like, you know, I play with Glenn all the time, but I'm always amazed by like what he does. It's like, man, there's a lot in that brain. I will say I'm a little frustrated with their album artwork in the sense oh, that, that they're not in the same order of their names. Oh, come on, man. I look, I know it's not a big deal, but like they're Micro- but see, oh, the names, I see. I see. Yeah, the names also like line up over people, but like Glenn is on the left when his name is in the middle, and it's just like okay, guys, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I guess they could have planned that a little better. Glenn and Colin need to switch places. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's okay. It's all right. Being Don't picky. worry about it. I see. I'm gonna, I'll pass it along. Oh. Yeah, de- definitely pass that along. Okay, I'm definitely. just saying branding, guys. I'll text, I'll text them right now. Be like, Glenn, love the record, <laughs> but you need uh, to think about your photo a little bit more. <laughs> but no, it's really great. And the whole thing is live from the jazz standard. Got you can hear the audience, good energy, good vibes, yeah. and uh, yeah. that's great. 
so moving on to number eight, a great tenor player, Troy Roberts. Yeah, I mean, another one of those guys where uh, he's definitely recorded some stuff, you know, done some music. Um, this is an incredible record. He's been doing stuff with like organ a lot. Um, and so Troy Roberts is playing tenor. Uh, Jeff Tane Watts is playing drums. And then the album is actually split between Joey Francesco on tracks one through three and then Emmett Cohen on tracks four through eight. Mm. Um, which is awesome because I didn't know that. Uh, uh, I take that back. I knew Emmett Cohen was playing organ because I see it like all over social media at the sessions, but I had never the opportunity to like really hear him play like this on a record. Sure. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, you know, the, the girl, the track that I picked, um, my girl is just enough woman for me was actually a tune that I didn't really know was kind of a standard, but Stanley Turrentine, uh, also had recorded several times. Um, and I don't know, you described it in a really good way when, before we started recording is like, it just swings out. It is ridiculous um it is killing the entire record is uh phenomenal i'm a fan of his artwork it's cool it's not confi- you know there's troy roberts there's troy roberts on the cover you know makes sense oh. <laughs> come on man um but no it's it's incredible um and i'm just a huge fan of uh his his playing it's it doesn't get um it it doesn't become like abrasive or anyways. Like there are some saxophone players and some all players, honestly, like of all the musicians where you can only listen to so much of them because there's just so much that they're uh, playing at a time, you know, but sure, then there's sure. other people like maybe an Oscar Peterson or a Clark Terry or like even Josh Redman or, or, or Troy Roberts and other where they have a way of doing it that doesn't exhaust your ear or at least as quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so really appreciative of that. I don't know if that's something he even actually thinks of, but at least that's how my ear responds to it. Um, yeah, and I think people will really enjoy the record. Nice. Um, sorry, I just got distracted. Something popped up saying there was new music from the McBride, Brian Blade, uh, Chick Korea trio, but I didn't know that was that was happening again. Anyway, that'll be must be for a future episode, but um, you know, and then this next track. Oh, before we go to the next track, what I wanted to say before I got distracted by that Chick Korea message was <laughs> was that uh, Troy Roberts is a founding member of the Terraza Big Band with Michael Thomas and Edward Perez, and their record came out uh, on Outsided Music back in May, and some of Troy's music is also on that record, and he plays on it too. So if you want to. Here's some more Troy Roberts. That's a record you could go and check out uh, some of a different setting of Troy's music than uh, the organ format. But uh, and Troy is also he's from Perth, Australia. So mm. Australian jazz happening. Uh, and on the next track, I was I had put on the playlist to listen to it before we uh, recorded today. And when this track came on, I was kind of not confused but i was like wait it says nicholas payton on it but all i hear is a piano trio until i figured out that it was nicholas payton playing piano and then he plays trumpet and then he also comps for himself so alan tell us a little bit more about this record yeah this is uh 
Nicholas Payton's um, new record, Relaxing with Nick, um, which is a double disc set uh, that they recorded live at Smoke Sessions, um, along with Peter Washington and Kenny Washington. Uh, obviously, no relation, um, but it's nuts. Uh, it is stupid how good Nick is at um, accompanying himself and playing trumpet. It's it's ridiculous. Like I was telling you, this record is a quartet record with three people, um, and it's it's nuts. And what's awesome is, you know, regardless of how good of musicians e each of them are individually, you get the added benefit of like Peter and Kenny played um, so long together with the Bill Charlotte trio. Mm -hmm. So that all already, you know, um, tightens their relationship, and I think. Um, when, when you have at least two members that are like really on the same page, it just makes it so much easier, um, for Nicholas to come in and just fit into the group, you know? And I mean, regardless, like he's still an incredible musician, obviously he could do it with whomever, but that just allows them to get past everything of like learning, you know, maybe how to play with each other, or maybe it makes that process a little bit, uh, more efficient. And then they can really get into everything else. And it's a, um ridiculous record like oh, i'm excited for all the tunes they have like stable mates on there um t for two which is an amazing uh tune that i don't think enough people play i hear rhapsody um when i fall in love and this tune relaxing with nick um yeah i think everyone's really going to enjoy it um it kind of goes back to you know, a, a little bit of like the records that Nicholas was doing um, before these more recent projects when he was working a lot with like um, DJs and turntables and, and all. Um, you know, it's it's more straight ahead if you want to call it that. But again, I just think it's going to be an awesome record and people are going to enjoy it uh, a lot. And he's been putting out several singles. I think this is the third one. Um, and then the full record comes out on Smoke uh, end of the month, October 25th. Great. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of different stuff lately, so that's cool. Um, I guess I hope he doesn't get mad at us for the name of the playlist, but um, albeit it's a great track and we wanted to share it, so um, hopefully he's okay with that. Uh, so let's keep moving here. Uh, we got now from modern uh, legend to all-time legend. Yeah, I mean... John Coltrane. Uh, <laughs> it was a single last month. Um, this month, the, the album came out, and it's going to be on there again because it's John Coltrane, and he is that freaking good. Um, <laughs> this is a blues that's on the record, Village Blues. Uh, they have multiple takes on there. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those tunes that you can put on, and it's it's just great to listen to. It's It's a blues, so it's not like necessarily, you know, harmonies going on in the in the rhythm section or like difficult forms that you're you're having to focus too on too hard to to follow or something like that you can just put it on and and appreciate what each individual musician is playing you know and with a band of like John Coltrane on tenor McCoy Tyner on piano Jimmy Garrison on bass and Alvin Jones on drums have fun you know like it's just gonna be <laughs> nuts and like I was saying last time um this was in between the recordings of a love Supreme and Crescent. So to say that it was at a good time during the trios or the, the quartets playing together would be an understatement. Um, 
uh, yeah, I mean, that's really all I have to say. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Just check it out. Um, this is actually the version that appeared in the film that this movie is from a little bit. Uh, or not this movie is from. So, like, again, to repeat, these this uh, music was actually recorded for a movie. And now they're taking all the other, other takes and the stuff that didn't appear in the movie. And they put it into this album, which is Blue World. Um, this take is the uh, take that was like used in bits and pieces throughout the movie. Um, there's also like three other takes, uh, which people you know claim to have varying opinions that they're not as good. But again, I just think it's a different version of them playing the same tune, which is killing. So sure. uh, you know, put it on, transcribe John Coltrane because I know that's what everyone's gonna do. But it, it's nuts. It's a great tune. Yeah, I mean, it's a little difficult to not include it, you know, but it's also a little difficult when we're talking about, you know, this is jazz today, you know, to have to compete still, all of us in the scene with something that comes out like that, like re all these reissues that are coming out. It raises a kind of, you know, I mean, I get it, like the record company is going to make money by selling a new John Coltrane, but. And of course, all of us want to hear it, but it's also a little bit frustrating for crowding the market with this kind of stuff. There's been so many, so many John Coltrane things coming out, which is amazing. However, it's hard to compete with John Coltrane. Right, right. Um, I mean, I agree, but I will say, like, I definitely like these better than when they're like, here's a reissuing of our selection of standards that he played on other records. and. Oh, sure. We're not going to include who the band is and the liner notes and anything. Here you go. You know, a new John Coltrane record. And it's like, okay, well, no, it's not. Right. These are actually new records. So that, yeah, right. you're right. Uh, but that's great. I'm glad. It's really good. I was checking it out. And from one legend to another, uh, both Miles Davis saxophonist sidemen, uh, George Coleman's got a new record. Yeah, George Coleman, uh, the quartet. Um, which has an incredible band of John Weber on bass, Joe Farnsworth on drums, and the late Harold Mayburn on piano. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing as with the Coltrane record. Like, what am I going to say? Like, they're good because they are. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. And anyone that hasn't listened to Coleman's playing, you're wrong. You actually have listened to his playing, and now you get to listen to it with him being the band leader, you know? Um, sure. They do a lot of standards on here, uh, like Triste, Along Came Betty. I chose Prelude to a Kiss, which is a, a tune I love. Um, I think people will really enjoy this album. Um, and it, it's cool because, like, Harold and, and uh, Coleman's relationship, like, they're both from Memphis. Um, they've worked together for many, many years. And, you know, it wasn't intended to be a, a um, paying tribute to, to Harold Mayburn just passing, but it, it was highly coincidental. Um, and it's great that there's still music like this that uh, lives on with his playing. Yeah, definitely. He was, a, he was a very unique and gifted musician and great, 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 great energy vibe. I don't know if you ever got to see him and hang out with him in person, but he was just a super duper positive force, you know, in the music. So it's kind of, it's really definitely a lot of people feeling, feeling that one, but I'm glad, 
we can include something of his that's just coming out. I mean, I know he's just a sideman, but it's just nice to be able to keep that legacy. And, uh, you know, his probably most famous tune, if you want, if for any jazz uh, aficionados or jazz students out there, is a tune that uh, was on originally, is it, a, I think it's a Lee Morgan record. Raking and Scraping is the name of the tune. Is it Lee Morgan? Yeah, it's Lee Morgan. And so you can go check that out. It's from the 60s. It's, it's a cool kind of boogaloo tune. It's kind of like a blues, but it's got its own little quirk quirks to it so that's something to, to check out that'd be the that'd be the tune that people are gonna probably you know play if they want to pay a uh, tribute to him because it's maybe one of his earlier well-known tunes um but yeah love prelude to a kiss as well and uh, moving to something completely different with the next couple of tracks here uh you've got a trip down to new orleans for the next track yeah um Preservation Hall Jazz Band, and I had never been to New Orleans. Um, you so still so, haven't? No, I still haven't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know they're they're very well known down there for um, their first off their hall, Preservation Hall, um, and they're they're the band of it, you know, and they they work on preserving uh, the New New Orleans music and how it would have been uh, traditionally done. Um, and then this came out which is really interesting. And actually this tune is off of a, uh, an album that they did for um, a documentary called a tuba to Cuba, which is really fun to say. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> which is really interesting because like when you look this up, this track was actually uh, featured in billboard. Um, but for really? the other version that they have for that record, um, which is like, has a uh, Cuban music throughout it. And it's this huge dance party. I was surprised it was on billboard. Um, but it's killing. And it's also funny. Cause like talking about everyone's artwork, their picture on the billboard definitely looks a little bit of like the Cuban mob vibe going on. Um, Pull it up here. Yeah. I will see if I can send you the oh, wow. link. Oh, did you pull? No, find it? It. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can find it on Spotify. Great. Okay, fine. Sorry. Um, <laughs> See, well, maybe people don't know this. If you just click the three from the playlist, if you just click the three little dots on the right-hand side, it says more, and then you right. click go to album, and then it brings up the album artwork. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Album artwork, but specifically the Billboard article I just sent you. Oh, the uh, Billboard article. Yeah. Oh, album artwork's killing. There's a tuba in one of the old cars with the license plate Cuba. They're going to Cuba. That's great. The article I just sent you looks like they're out of the freaking mob. <laughs> oh, you're right. It does. Um, Don't which say is, it too loud. It might be in there. Actual, right, 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 right. But it's uh, it's coming for you. <laughs> um, and we were—I know we were joking around when I was putting up this playlist. Uh, this track also features John Batiste, who's been on like the last I don't know twelve months of uh, <laughs> playlists. I don't know if he's actually playing piano though. Um. You can just tell like throughout like in New Orleans music often um from my interpretation, I am by no means like a native New Orleans musician, so no one come after me uh there's a lot of singing in a lot of the tracks and a lot of like uh interaction um vocally from people versus you know compared to like Miles Davis or something like that and so you can kind of hear like John just yell at random moments and like call and response between the rest of the band. Which is hilarious, sure. and it's killing. And he at the end, like he definitely is. I'm assuming he's the one uh, soloing on melodica with the rest of the band. 
Um, but well, yeah, it's, sure. it's a great track. I mean, it's one of those things that you put on and, and it's, um, it's a good, like jam out in the car track. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think people will enjoy it. Nice. I'm sure they will. Um, now number three, at first, uh, I was like, man, oh, okay. I know that. I feel like I know that song, that title from somewhere. And then, uh, they were playing and I was like, Oh, I still like, I don't think this is, I don't know this, but then once the saxophone came in, I realized exactly what song it was. So this is a Dave Holland, Zakir Hussein. And I'm didn't even look, but I'm assuming it's Chris Potter. It is Chris Potter. Is Chris Potter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. It sounded um, like Chris Potter. Yeah. I mean, it's the second single of an upcoming record they have coming out. Um, also on October 11th. Um, and I, f- I feel like I should have more to say about this stuff, but I, I can't. Like, Chris Potter is ridiculous. Um, he's playing soprano sax on here, which, um, I mean, he's great at. He's also good at tenor. I'm sure he's also good at alto. I'm sure he's yeah, that was great his at first, trombone. Uh, like, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> um, come on. It's, it's awesome. It's also a really interesting um, instrumentation of bass, um, tenor sax, and I'm just going to say drums because I'm not necessarily sure certain what percussive instruments he's playing. Um, he's definitely playing tabla and then maybe some other stuff too. Great. That's, I'm, I know my like world music teacher from college is probably very disappointed in me right now, but yeah, probably it's, it's incredible. And it's, um, it's really interesting to hear the the interactions all the way through because I think Chris Potter is someone that's generally known for being able to play very rhythmically complex stuff um, while making it sound easy, but rhythmically complex stuff over his tunes. You know, like he's really, sure. really good at that. Um, and in this one, there are some moments where he does that for sure, but there's also a lot of moments where he doesn't because of the percussion behind him and the way that Dave Holland is approaching playing. So that's kind of interesting to hear the, the roles maybe swapped a little bit, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just a very interactive uh, group that I think people will um, not hate. I didn't want to say enjoy again. I don't think they'll hate this one. I think they, I think they'll like it. So <laughs> no, I, I, I like, I like it. It's uh, it's a, it's a very open texture with the percussion and the, and the the bass and just one solo instrument. But this is, if you want to compare, this is a track that they recorded with the Dave Holland Quintet as well. Um, I think even maybe multiple times. So this is a tune that's come up a couple times, and it's one of Dave's tunes. So it's definitely on the Live at Birdland record, mm-hmm. which was my Dave Holland uh, introduction when I was in college, and that was the record that lived in my car for a long time, and that uh, when my radio got stolen and the <laughs> CD of Dave Holland was inside, this was, I definitely went and bought it again. And then it definitely got stolen again. That's Rochester, New York for you. <laughs> my radio stolen I think, four times in, you know, five years of college or four years of college. Man, can we talk about a day when people were stealing radios out of cars? Like that was a thing. That was a thing, man. That was a thing. Oh, that would be, it would have been 2007, 6, 8, 9, 
all of that that whole time was when I kept getting my car broken into. It was in two different cars too, two different cars, several different radios. And eventually I just gave up and I had no radio in my car until I sold it. <laughs> Moved to New York. <laughs> all right. Yeah, man. Sorry about your radios. I know that's a very dramatic. That's okay. It's kind of a sore subject because one time I had all of my CDs, like all of them, like in a, they used to have, you know, like a little zipper holder thing. Well, no, you they know, still have like, them. It's just no one buys them, but yeah. Right. So yeah, it holds like a hundred CDs or 200 CDs, whatever it is. And I had my thing in there and somebody stole it. And I'm like, who wants this? It's a all jazz CDs. What if it is someone like, like like someone that's playing now that's like really killing they broke into my car and stole my cd yeah like that was the thing that like pushed them over the edge and they're like you know what i'm gonna do this and it was your 100 cds that they got out of your car um i highly doubt it but if it was then i will drop it forever i'll never bring it up again i'll never right. complain about it <laughs> you have my word you hear it heard it here first <laughs> All right, moving on. So we have Ralph's New Blues. And I was kind of confused about this one. I wasn't exactly sure who Ralph was. Do you know... Okay, so this this entire album is covers. Do you know whose song this is? I mean, my first guess would be Ralph Alessi, but... No. I don't know what it is. It's uh, a Milt Jackson composition. Oh, man. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, man. You got to get up on your MJQ stuff, man. Written by Milt Jackson. You're right. Um, so this is an album, uh, a duo album by the trumpeter Avishai Cohen and uh, pianist Jonathan Avishai. Um, who they're you know they're both from Tel Aviv and they've been playing together for uh, many many years. Um, and it's interesting that we're actually talking about this now after we just talked about playing duo with you and Chris. Um, mm-hmm. but it it is nuts. I've always loved Avishai Cohen for, I mean, multiple reasons, like his, his playing, his taste, like he has an first, also like an incredible beard. If no one has ever seen Avishai Cohen. Um, oh yeah. It's pretty epic. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. And so they do a bunch of, uh, covers on here, like the John Coltrane tune Crescent, um, Abdullah Ibrahim's, uh, Kofafé Blue, um, the, uh, Sir Duke, the Stevie Wonders, uh, tribute to Duke Ellington, uh, Ornette Coleman's Didi. Um, what else? Azalea, I think is written by Duke Ellington. Um, but they're all covers and it's, it's great playing, you know, it's great to be able to hear them, um, interact and whatnot. And again, I kind of picked this one because I first off liked it. So if you don't, sorry. Um, the other reason I picked it, <laughs> it's also, oh it's, it's a blues. Um, so like in my, you know, I do not know the tune Crescent. Like I know the tune Crescent, but I don't know the tune Crescent. You know, it's not something I've really played. So this is something that again, I can put it on and like turn off my analytical, what is the form of this tune? What's going on type brain and just like zone out or zone in i guess you know and just listen to the two of them play um sure and and it's actually cool like it's something that i do a lot you know is like even if i'm at a uh someone's gig like i was someone gig uh friday and they were playing some standard that i didn't know so i would pull up the changes and whether or not it it probably wasn't in the same key um because there was a vocalist singing and all that but you know to be able to 
uh, as a musician, like look at harmonically where they're going and like understand it a little bit more and then listen to it, I think uh, gives like a greater sense of um, appreciation or, or whatnot. But it's cool then when you don't have to do that and you can just listen to the tune and, you know, I should probably know more standard. I should know more standards, but uh, yeah, they're, they're great. I, I I'm very much recommend all of them. Um, huge fan of both of the Avi Shai Cohen's um, and a yeah. lot of the music that's been coming out of Israel. Um, it's, it's, it's great. You know, it's oh, awesome. Yeah, that, some really yeah. It's, it's great that we're getting like a more, um, and it's been happening for, for years, you know, not to say it just started now, but this more like worldly, um, approach and that the music's more accessible and getting to hear what everyone's doing and, and all, and all that, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. And that brings us to our number one track for the month. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, uh, there's this little band called Kneebody. Uh, I don't know if anyone's oh, ever heard that? of them. I've never heard of them. Yeah, uh, they're they're pretty good. They've done some things. They've released some music. Uh, they got some musicians on there. Um, ben <laughs> Wendell <laughs> playing saxophone. Uh, Shane Edsley, Insley, crap, playing trumpet. Um, they both have effects on their horns at any given time throughout of it. Um, Adam Benjamin's on keyboards and Nate Woods on drums and uh, plays bass too on some of these tracks. Um, oh yeah, this record's coming out. I actually just got a notification while we were talking that they're about to go on tour for this record that's coming out. Chapters um, oh, yeah. features a bunch of guest artists. Becca Stevens is on some. Uh, Gretchen Parlato is on this one. Gerald Clayton's on one. Josh Dion's on one. Uh, Michael Mayo's on one, just a bunch of people um, on this stuff. And I'm a huge fan of their playing. Um, they're great. I was definitely introduced to them through Ben Wendell. Like I mm -hmm. was checking him out and then this popped up. I think it was actually you. I was like, have you ever heard of Kneebody? And I was like, no, what's Kneebody? And you're like, you're stupid. Here you go. Um, <laughs> I didn't say you're stupid. Nah, but it was implied. And so here we are. Um <laughs> There's 10 chapters of it. Um, this is the second single that's come out. Um, this is modern. This is not like the Preservation Hall jazz band. Um, this is not like John Coltrane. But I think you'll really enjoy it. If you, um, especially if you like Snarky Puppy. Like it has a Snarky Puppy vibe. Um, and I think that's something that's more widely known of. Are you going to say it you doesn't have a Snarky Puppy vibe? I don't know that it does. Okay, let I me agree. here. Here are some things that people like about Snarky Puppy: um, the modern influence of it, the effects on okay. instruments. Okay. Um, so wait, we're just talking about like straight eights, backbeat. Is that what you mean? Yeah, like like not like the whole, their whole band, but like a lot of the things that people that happen in Snarky Puppy, they're like, oh wow, Snarky Puppy's just doing this now. Well, it's not just them doing this, and they didn't come up with it; they're just presenting it. And this has a lot of the same things that like when I show snarky to people that are not jazz musicians or whatnot like the first thing they comment is is you know talking about the groove or something and like this has that influence or this this is that too you know it has that i'm going down a wormhole but it it has things well, that are like it you know um okay i it definitely has to me a knee body vibe to me because knee body has a particular way of treating songs and i think that has to do with 
their compositional process. And I think it has to do with Nate Wood playing bass and drums, which is a very unique thing. Right. Uh, so I don't really agree with you, but we'll leave it alone because we, <laughs> we don't need to argue about it. I mean, it's cool. I will also completely admit that uh, I'm not as not that I don't like them, but I certainly haven't listened to as much uh, anybody as you have, you know. Um, this I actually, guess so. It's just like in the lines that they play, like behind, like they play more surprising, uh, angular lines. And yes, stuff it's than, much more like interactive, and um, uh, this might be a bad word to use, but like organic sounding rather organic. than like here's music that's been written for you. Sure, like perhaps, there's, yeah. there's definitely like a lot more like in the moment interaction, you know, which is a word that I could have just used called improvisation. It seems like. <laughs> um, but it's great. They also got. But there's no artwork. solos really on the track, right? There's it's kind of through composed, like. Yeah, definitely. I didn't think was, there was some improvisation, but not like, hey, this is a tenor solo now. Yeah, definitely. But it, it was. It was it's it's great. It's great. Definitely would recommend. So they're going on tour. There is uh, Gretchen going on tour with them. I do not know. I unlike you was trying to uh, stay focused on oh i see see i got distracted because i said chick korea and that's like yeah um that's my i don't know ben didn't announce who's going on tour with him he just said hey we're going on tour um, oh i see all right so, is that a bands in town email nope it was instagram instagram yeah yeah on his instagram there they got like some dates in uh mexico in los angeles uh san jose vancouver seattle portland ardmore and brooklyn Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Nice. Well, here we go. The live announcements at the same time we can record the podcast. This is a good, a good trend. So people can now go see the Kneebody Tour. They can go find that Chikaria record that's not, not out yet, but is apparently coming and uh, everything else. So one more time, you can find the playlist on our website, Outside in Music. Go to the podcast area or just go to Spotify and search for This is Jazz Today. And it says curated by Outside in Music. And uh, Alan, thanks for being here. Thanks for curating another great playlist. And uh, we'll see you back here next month for the next edition. <laughs>